0: Welcome to the OA Serenity Sunday meeting podcast. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroup at OALAIG.org for information on how to join our meeting live and how to donate to support this meeting and our podcasts. The opinions expressed on the Serenity Sunday podcast are those of the individual speakers and do not represent OA as a whole. And now our speaker. Good morning. My name is Don. I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, I do not remember a time in my life when I was not a compulsive overeater. From the time I was a little kid, I always knew that I had a different attitude and relationship to food than any of my friends. Uh, They would uh, do things that I considered really strange, like say I'm full and stop eating, or they would leave food on their plate um I, and whereas I would not leave food on my plate or your plate if it was within reach um I apparently was uh not heavy when I was really little, but I don't remember it I've seen pictures of it um, and yet I still don't remember it. I only remember being heavy uh, my whole mental attitude was about being heavy, and I only remember uh what it felt like. I also brought along some pictures to prove I am indeed a compulsive overeater um the bottom left one was in high school, the others were more as an adult. Um, and that's pretty much where, uh, where the disease uh, took me. Um, I would have periods of time that I would uh, not eat uh, and I would hang on with knuckles, white, uh, trying to uh, diet, but I couldn't. Uh, I mean, I could for sh- periods of time, but then the tension would build up, the spring would build up inside me And then it would like explode and I'd go out and make up for lost time and I would eat uh, all the things that I had deprived myself of um, and I would gain more weight than I had lost. And I would sit there going, how did I do this again? Uh, How can I be this stupid? What's I don't understand what's going on? Um, And yet over and over, I kept doing the same thing, trying to deprive myself. What I was actually doing was trying to graft a behavior onto myself myself. That was so alien to the core of who I was that I could not only could I most of the time not do it, but when I could do it, it would just uh, it, w- it would just be almost shaking to try to hang on to it because it was so difficult and so alien and so foreign to who I was that I just couldn't do it. And uh, again, the spring would wind up, and again it would explode. Uh, it was like I was out of prison and I was going to make up, and then all of a sudden I was overeating again and boom, back to the same place. I repeated that pattern many times in my life. Um, and uh, I had heard about Overeaters Anonymous about 10 years before I got here. Uh, the reason I didn't go is that my ego would not fit through the door. It was way too big. It was, you know, you, you should be able to do this yourself. In other areas of my life, if I've had goals for the most part, if I really cared about them, I've been able to achieve them. Uh, and I, I I did well in school, and I, I've... I've, I've uh, uh, feel comfortable professionally, and I uh, feel I've had a long-term marriage. Uh, and yet, uh, when it came to food, it just kicked my ass. Uh, it would just every time get me. And I kept thinking there's a gimmick, there's an angle, there's something I haven't tried yet. There's there's uh, There's got to be something out there that I can find. Uh, I remember the beginning of Star Trek had this thing about space, the final frontier. And I kept thinking food, the final frontier. Uh, it's the one place in my life where it was a mess, um, and uh, and I couldn't uh, I, I couldn't understand it, and I, I and I didn't get why I couldn't do it, uh, but that was a reality. Uh, every time I tried, I got my ass kicked, uh, and it was over and over again. Um, so I, I finally got myself. I, I, I remember it vividly. I was laying in bed, feeling this giant stomach, and going, you know, I give up. I clearly can't do this by myself. And I don't know what this OA thing is, but I know that, uh, you know, I, 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 I've tried everything else. So I went to a meeting, it was dark, it was rainy, it was a few people, it was some people that I thought were, um, you know, mentally challenged. Uh, and, uh, and so I thought, you know, I'm so out of here. Uh, and this tiny little lady named Doris, who a lot of you old timers know, who was in her nineties at the time, uh, gets between me and the door, and sticks her finger in my face and says, don't leave before the miracle happens. And I thought, what? It was so odd and strange, but intriguing enough. And I said, I don't know what to do with this. She said, okay, um, don't have second helpings and come to another meeting. (laughs) I said, all right, I'll try that. Uh, Next day I came to this meeting. This meeting uh, was bright, sunny, uh, lots of people, lots of laughter, lots of recovery. And I saw things that I never thought were possible. I saw uh, Natalie, who had uh, lost 350 pounds and had it off for over, at the time, 25 years. Uh, I thought I didn't think that was possible. Uh, I, I there was a secret part of me that thought, you know, I'm completely different, and I'm always doomed to be this weight, and I'm always doomed to be overweight. And uh, here, I thought for saw for the first time, people that really had uh, had had uh, overcome it. And I didn't know what it was, and, but I knew that there was something there. And I thought, you know, nothing else has worked, so I'm going to try it. Um, I, uh, I, I, my my uh, sponsor, Michael, uh, was uh, the only one who came up to me and said, if you'd like to call me, here's my number. And that's how he became my sponsor and we're still together now uh, for uh, over 24 years. So um, it's, it's been a, a great journey with him. Uh, And but at the time, it was more of a diet club, to be honest, it was more of a, okay, I want to be the poster boy for OA back to my high achieving uh, background. And I want to know how, uh, how much can I get? How quickly can I get it? How little can I give in return? And how soon can I get out of here? That was my complete attitude when I came in, because it was, of course, all about me. Um, It's, uh, I'll talk more about how that changed uh, when I get to the solution part, but it, 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 you know, the, I was lucky. I got abstinent the very first day. Um, I lost the weight relatively quickly over a period of six months. Um, and then I thought, boy, I can cruise. I got this down. And within a year, my pants were getting tight and I was getting heavy. And I thought, don't tell anybody. You are the poster boy. You know, you've got to be uh, look good. And then I fortunately realized it was exactly the opposite of what I needed to do. I needed to tell everybody because it was all of the keeping things secret and keeping things inside me and trying to be you know, terminally cool that was keeping me from uh, recovering. So um, I did. I started telling people, and uh, that made a big difference. Uh, suddenly, it wasn't a shameful secret. It was a disease we all had. People were nodding and saying, yeah, yeah, had that experience. Um, because it was not a pink cloud straight line. It was some ups and downs, just the same way that life has its ups and downs. Or some days I feel great. Some days things aren't going the way I want them to, and I don't feel so great. Um, but I, I have tools to deal with it now that I never had before. Um, so when I walked up to get a 60-day chip, um, I realized something that I had it was missing. And for me, it's easier to you know see things intruding than things that are not there. And I realized what was missing was the spring winding up inside me. In other words, I had lost this weight for 60 days and I didn't feel tense and I didn't feel this, you know, uh, hanging on sort of tension inside me and that had never happened before and i thought there really is something different here I-, I was still too new to know exactly what it was but i knew there was something and i knew that uh that i was getting something here that i could not get any other way and so i you know doubled down on it and really wanted to uh, work the steps and got into the program and uh and what it uh, turned out to be um it was that the program gives me tools to deal with the things that would drive me to eat in the past so I don't have to turn to the food um Ken G, who a lot of you know who's a long time uh, speaker uh, says that addiction is using something physical to solve an emotional problem and I think that's the best definition of it I've heard at least because that's certainly what I was doing I wanted to coat the nerves I wanted to soothe things I wanted to not feel uh the, the bad stuff in life and uh and and so I would turn to the food because that's my drug of choice. That gives me uh, the ah feeling. of. Unfortunately, it's followed not too long by, oh my God, how could you have picked out again? You're an idiot. And then i beat myself up. Um, So I think that's the definition of it. And the essence of the program to me is in the doctor's opinion uh, at the beginning of the big book, because the doctor's opinion breaks it down into two things. It says uh, we have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And the allergy of the body is not like breaking out in hives. The allergy of the body just means an abnormal reaction to something. And in my case, it's food. In other words, when I start eating compulsively, I can't stop. And you best not be between me and the food uh, because you you'll, 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 you could suffer some serious injuries. Um, I, can't, I can't turn off the machine. It just chugs away until you know, I run out of things to eat or I'm so stuffed that I'm in pain. Um, So once I start that cycle, I'm doomed. Now, if my allergy was peanuts um, and I was gonna die if I ate peanuts, I would manage not to eat peanuts because the stakes are high. Um, On the other hand, when it came to food, which I knew was going to kill me, maybe not as quickly or dramatically as, uh, as, as some food I'm allergic to, I couldn't stop. And even though my head knew this is not a good idea, I would be saying that in my head, this is not a good idea and the food would already be in my mouth. Um, and yet, uh, I, so I couldn't stop. So that's because of the second part of what the doctor says, which is the obsession. Because I have an obsession of the mind. And I run and I hear about, my, my head talks about food all the time, less now that I'm in program a while than it did, but it's still there for sure. And, uh, and I remember once I took uh, diet pills, which were basically speed, um, I was flying around the room, but I had no appetite and, uh, I was literally eating like one meal a day, but all day I was thinking about that meal. Uh, what about this? A few bites of that, maybe that, da, 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 da. so I was obsessing about the food when I had no appetite. Um, I, I had a friend who had intestinal bypass surgery, very big guy. And, uh, I, I, I was with him maybe a month later. And he said to me with this sigh, you know, food for me is now a spectator sport. And I thought, number one, how sad. And number two, what a strong distinction between um, fixing the symptoms and fixing the disease. Uh, you know, he couldn't no longer eat as much because it would physically make him sick. Uh, but he was so bummed by it and disappointed by it that he had no peace in his life and he had no serenity around it. And here we're about getting peace and serenity. And it turns out uh, for me, not just around the food, but around life and everything. Uh, this has been an incredible tool in terms of just living. Uh, my everything in my life got better once I got into the program. so uh, the, the the obsession uh, is where we have to concentrate because I, I don't I'm convinced it's physiological. I'm sure there's an element of uh, of the way I was brought up as well. Um, but I, I I think most of it's physiological that, that about 10 percent of the population is addicted throughout history uh, to something. And uh, and therefore, I think part of it is physiological. I'm sure you can be physiological and not exposed to it in a way, and maybe that makes a difference. But, uh, but for me, at least, uh, it's partly that and partly, um, and, and, and partly mental. Um, so whatever it is, I have the obsession and I have the allergy and I have the ability to, to go into this mode. And that animal still lives very much alive inside of me. But I have tools to deal with it that I never had before, so I don't have to get to that point. Because if I deal with the emotional issues, if I deal with um, with what's what's uh, there's an expression: if you want to know what's eating you, stop eating. Um, That and uh, if I deal with what's eating me, uh, and if I can get some serenity around my life, then I don't have to turn to the food. I don't need it the same way that I used to, which was this desperate feeling of I've got to get it inside me, and I've got to do it quickly because I was a fast eater because I didn't want anybody to see how much I was eating, um, and I was a night eater, so I could do it, you know, uh, all night and and not have a lot of people looking at me. So uh, it was, it, it, but but and how do how did I accomplish all this? It was through working the steps and turning outward. It was uh, starting with the with the the fourth step where I made a list of inventory, and then the, another column is what was my role in it. And I started realizing that, you know, I wasn't the victim I thought I was, that I was actually doing a lot of these things to myself. And when I put myself in other people's shoes, somebody who's done something I don't like, and I think, you know, what what would I do if I were them? Sometimes I do the same thing. It's hard for me to get angry at somebody. It's actually the easiest to get angry at somebody who has my faults. But it's hard in a real sense to get angry at someone who's doing what I might do. Uh, in the same way that I could have, you know, that I think someone is just, uh, you know, being obnoxious. Um, So I, I, it was an outward turning, it was a genuine shift in focus from, you know, my initial attitude of self-centered, what can I get for myself here, to what can I do for others, Um, because it's really what I do outward, and that improved my family life, and that improved my professional life, and that certainly improved my food life, um, because I, was reducing the need to go into this. And uh, sponsoring, which, by the way, is one of the strongest tools uh, in the arsenal, in my opinion, um, keeps me focused on other people who uh, who are struggling and other people who need help and other people who are going through what I went through. And it reminds me daily that uh, I could be, you know, back there and, wh- and how hard it is and how I need to keep in fit spiritual condition um, because it's really a 24-hour reprieve. Um, it, it doesn't matter that I have 24 years. Uh, it only matters what I do in the next you know, 24 hours. Um, if anything, having all that time makes me arrogant and go, you know, you can relax a little. You got this. Look at that. You know, but that's not the case. Uh, that's just the disease trying to uh, lure me back into the into the routine, which uh, it constantly tries to do. Um, I had a sponsee who has a gift for um analogies who said uh, that's five minutes done all right thanks louis who said i can't stay clean today on yesterday's shower and i love that that's probably the one of my favorite things from program uh is that i have to be clean the next 24 hours i have to do the, the deal and the deal is not significant amount of time it's just a matter of doing it i do the daily reading i take calls from sponsees i call my sponsor i do it a 10th step that I write out and read to my sponsor every day. Um, it's just, but it's just a matter of doing those things in, in order to stay spiritually fit. And when I hear my mind going, oh, you don't need to do this, or you don't need to do that, I know I'm in trouble. I know something's going on. It's like a barometer. It's like a little alarm bell that says uh, uh, time to, uh, to 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 reconnect and do take what we call contrary action, which is the opposite of what I feel to do. Uh, listening to my head got me up you know, to the picture size that you just saw. Uh, listening to program is what keeps me seren- serene on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and again, I, I'm far from perfect on this. There are days when I overeat. There's days when uh, my food isn't clean. There's days when things don't go well. Um, but I don't let that take me back into the, uh, well, you've blown it, you may as well, uh, which is how I used to think. Uh, once I blew the diet, it was, okay, I'm, all the bets are off, uh, I'm gone, uh, you know, leave me alone. And um, and that's, I don't have to do that today. I have a choice that I never had. I have a, a, a few seconds between the impulse and the action that I never had. Uh, before, if I thought about eating and there was food nearby, it was in my mouth. Before I had a chance to even think about it, maybe intentionally, because I didn't want to think about it. Uh, now I have a chance to go, wait a second, is this a good idea? Is this something I wanna do? Um, and it's about rigorous honesty. It's about really being uh, clear about who I am and where I am and, and uh, how I'm going to do things and how I'm gonna make things, uh, what am I really feeling? Because um, if I keep it inside, that's what happened before and all the gremlins come out in the darkness. Um, I, I found that the, the, the scary things in my, um, in my mind, like little, you know, in a dark attic that, that jump out and scare me and uh, attack me. Uh, if I pull them out in the sunlight, they're kind of small and shriveled. Uh, but in the dark attic, they're really scary. And they really can get me in, and get me my adrenaline pumping and get me into a bad place. So it's about keeping honest. It's about really being clean about who I am and trying to uh, to give it to others and trying to be honest with my sponsor and Honest with the people around me, and my life gets better. Uh, my life gets better um, when I get into a, a a bad time, and then things are not going my way, and I'm, I'm unhappy, and I'm this and that. Uh, you know, I have to. I, I, I the other favorite thing in the big book is uh, page four seventeen, called on acceptance, uh, which is that acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. And when I'm disturbed, it's because some person, place, or thing is not to my liking. And I need to concentrate more on my attitude than on what needs to be changed in the world. Uh, that's the essence of it. It's, it's like things are happening and there's nothing I can do about it. Things are happening and uh, you know, God maybe has a bigger plan than, than I can see. Uh, and by the way, most of the time in my life, uh, when things have gone badly and I've really been upset about something I wanted that I didn't get, uh, I find out years later why it was better that I didn't get it. Um, and so I keep that in mind. I go, you know, there's a reason for this. Uh, things will, uh, things will, uh, will, will maybe not be the way I want them right now, but there'll be a reason for it and I'll find out eventually. And it gives me a chance to sort of uh, get serene about it and accept it. Because accepting something that's real, uh, how holding a resentment against someone or against something that I can't change—I'm uh, the only one that feels that. The other people are usually not even aware, um, or the—and if it's a situation, it's certainly not aware. So it's me holding it, and that's and what's it doing to me? To keep it inside me—it's not healthy. It doesn't do me any good. So if I let go of it, I can get a peace and a serenity. I can get an ah, and I can get a a moment of, okay, um, you know, there's ups and downs, and I will, uh, I will glide, uh, I will glide through it. It was, uh, you know, it's it's a wonderful way to live way beyond what I expected when I came in, because I I get a a sort of uh, a path through life and a, a way of dealing with issues and problems that allow me to keep my serenity and allow me not to turn to the food. Um, even though it calls on occasion and uh, and even though I could be back there. Uh, I don't want to be, I choose not to be um, because I would rather be here and I would uh, rather be in this extraordinary place uh, where compulsive overeaters can talk to each other in a way that nobody else can. Um, my analogy is, I am- okay, I'll, I'll wrap it up with a quick analogy. Uh, take someone who was blind from birth and tell them what the color orange looks like. How would you do it? Well, we can't uh, because we have no clear frame of reference. And that's what the 12-step programs are about. We talk to each other and understand each other in a way that people who don't have our compulsion can't. So thank you for letting me share.